Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with a weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, Thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 140 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 17th over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the Barons of the Scorn. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eye music lover. Green Eye, hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? I got my shirt. I'm done playing the solstice. I'm done. <laughs> that sounds, <laughs> I'm that done. sounds like me the other day. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> I'm going back to No yeah. Man's Sky. Leave me alone. Uh, I mean, okay. So I'm technically I'm not done. I'm done on Xbox for as of right now because I really oh, wanted no. to get are the you T-shirt. Gonna, are you going to try to do it on PlayStation too? Oh God, no! <laughs> I don't. No, because I'm not even close with PlayStation. Because I don't have all the things that I had done. The reason why I did it on Xbox is because I had a raid clear. I had some of these other little things for the bounties you could finish up. I had those already done on Xbox. I haven't done hardly anything on PlayStation because I've been playing it for PvP. But uh, I wanted to get the shirt done, and I. A couple of you guys know that I was out of town last weekend to be back in Kansas and go with my little sister for her wedding dress shopping. So I really haven't had a ton of time to grind, but I really, really wanted the shirt. And I finished it up Wednesday. No, yesterday. I finished it yesterday because I was supposed to be on the show with uh, Grindhead Jim and he totally forgot. So I finished the last bit of strikes that I needed to clear got my shirt and I'm not doing Titan and I'm not doing Warlock because <laughs> I don't have to do either of them and I don't care about the Sparrow and the, and the other little things but yeah I got my things done I'm ready for uh, Forsaken to come out and be able to be able to figure out what the heck is going on mm. there's gonna be Wait, a you lot mean, of... you, never mind sorry I was going to make a com- I, yeah, I was going to make a comment and then it was like I'm not going to even start that salt mine. I I kind of already <laughs> see where you were going. And I apologize. Just, I is just ashamed. might not be a good idea. 
Just <clears throat> All right, anyways, and rounding out the usual team, we have the grizzly-bearded cultivator of Spinfoil himself, someone who might have the appearance of a grizzly, but truly is just a teddy bear, the one and only Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? Is that what we're going with? I, hey, I promised <laughs> you that I wasn't going to use the other one yet. So, yet. All right. All That's right. what your surprise That's was the right. other day? Huh? This is what we were talking about in chat no, the other no. day? That... No, well, there there is... I have a long laundry list of potential intros for Beard that I'm just working yes. my way through. Great. Hey, to I'm be fair, to be fair, in my, my defense, my I did. And my life. <laughs> in my defense, I did not come up with any of these. Is Gamma going to get a bad message later from him? <laughs> I don't remember who came up with this one, actually. But, anyways, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing, Beard? <laughs> I, uh, well, I was doing better before that intro. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, I actually had enough time that I could, uh, put together to, uh, to get done all of my stuff actually too. So I've got my nice. shirt available for, uh, for, for, for purchase at this point. I still have not done so. Uh, but that is, that is another thing down and off of the shopping list, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but at this point now, it is just a matter of uh, working through on the PS4, uh, which I have not started. Yeah, no, I like. Wait, are you, so is, wait, um, wait, like, what are you working? What, what are you when you guys PC? say working through PS4 or PC? What are you working on? I'm working on, uh, or have been working on the PC version for the armor and everything, uh, which is what I would like to get done on the PS4 as well. Uh, more so just to make sure that it's uh, kind of done. I'm not going to get all of the moments done, mm-hmm. but it is just a matter of at least getting a hold of the uh, getting a hold of the armor because it is like that. That's the OG warlock right there. That's the that are that's you, the are one you... that I don't really. Oh, because are you are you having to level up like entirely new characters and stuff? Well, not like... on PS4. On uh, with PC, I had uh, I had to start a course completely over. But no, on uh, PS4, I I only have the Warlock as well. Uh, well, I have the mm. Titan and I have the Hunter, but I haven't really played with them too much past the campaign. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Funny enough, because I'm working on some stuff for the, uh, for a video this week, uh, I actually did play with the um, I played with my Hunter on PC. Uh, just to clear out the campaign, just so I could get to IO again. Uh, but that's the first time on PC that I've really played another character yet. But now for PS4, it's literally, I just want to make sure I get done the, the armor at least, just to make sure that that's done for the Warlock. And are you talking about just getting it up to Legendary? or like what? what are, yeah, like, I'm not okay, masterworking okay. that. Okay, there is yeah. no way in hell yeah. I would be able to oh masterwork that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was, looking, I was looking at some of the masterwork requirements, and I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I got, I got it to purple. I'm good. Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, I, I think I have, technically I have the uh, one piece masterworked, I think, but it was just because I was, I, I inadvertently got it doing something. Or, or no, it was the uh, the Valor, because I already had it, so all it took was playing another Crucible match, and it just popped. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. There we go. Good. So, um, okay. real 
uh, real quick, sorry, to kind of deviate real quick, for those of you who are listening who are in the Focus Fire clan, I do have a quick announcement. I will promise that it's going to be very quick. It is from Pins, who is putting together a spreadsheet for everyone. Given the upcoming changes for clan involvement in Season 4, we want to kind of start doubling down on kind of getting an idea of scheduling for everyone. So if you are not in the Discord server and you are part of the clan, please let us know over on Bnet so that we can get you in there, so that we can get you situated so that everyone is able to chat with each other. Um, but yeah, just shoot myself or Pins Halo a message over on Bnet if you're not in the Discord server. If you are in the Discord server and you don't have access to the clan chat, let let me or Pins know as well, and we'll get you in there. But we are trying to fill out everyone's uh, time zone and time played and everything. So just make sure to, to help us out and get that information just so everything's up to date for, for us all. Um, other than that... Uh, I think that's everything for that that I was supposed to pins will probably yell at me here in a second and chat if I didn't remember something but I believe that's everything so let's run through the normal topic intro and we'll get right into it in our last episode of focus fire chat we discussed aspects of storytelling if you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of a new chat. Every Friday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content that covers a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on Cabal Hierarchy. Note that there will not be a poll this weekend as we are going to set aside next week's discussion for a special episode commemorating the Hunter Vanguard mentor, Cade Six. With all that being said, here's Green with a high-level summary of tonight's topic. From a scholarly view, the typical barons of the Fallen acted as intermediaries and enforcers for the various houses. Though our source material is rather limited, we can begin to see an image of these pirate-like factions. This group of fallen leaders are not the heads of their houses, but function as vital cogs in the wheel of fallen society. Will the barons of the Scorn follow the same pattern? Who are these fallen, who have moved beyond the typical tinkering scavengers to become entities that are in some ways near perfection in their areas of devotion? A fanatic, machinist, mindbender, con artist, hangman, mad bomber, rifleman, and writer. 
Each of these specialize in their own particular flavor of destruction. Let us dig into what we know about our newest foes in Destiny. Oh, and fair warning, this entire episode will likely contain spoilers at various points. You have been warned. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about the Barons, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. All right. So, yeah. That being said, in case it didn't yeah. get clearly stated, <laughs> spoilers, I'll put it in the show notes as well. You know, I guess if if the title of the episode isn't isn't warning enough for you. What were you going to say, Green? Sorry. I was just going to say we also have community feedback on this, too. On which part? On the topic for this week. You're like, let's do Lost Lore. Oh, yep. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, it's let's okay. let's revisit. I I completely forgot we had the community question. It's been a few days since we've done this. Yeah, it's it's that, and last week we didn't have one, and yeah. So, anyways, community question, Green, could you please? <laughs> the community wants to see Mindbender. Um, no, that's I mean that's the answer to the question. The question was, which Baron are you most interested in learning more about? The community wants to know about Mindbender, which we'll get into probably why that's the case. Because they, I mean, all the, all of them are really weird in their own, in and of their own right. But I had more people respond with Mindbender. Yeah, but if we're not doing, if we're not talking about the Mindbender, we're not doing our job. Let's be honest here. That's true. Like that hey, one, look, I specifically, specifically called that out in the show notes for Beard. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, here's Beard's uh, here's Beard's thoughts. A segment for Beard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a few people who are like, "Let's." I want to learn about the fanatic. I want to learn about the trickster and how she's going to kill me bunches of times. I mean, or she's going to make you kill yourself a bunch of times. Right. Right. So I mean, most people are like, "I want to know more about the Mindbender," just because this is something totally different. They're completely. Yeah bizarre character as far as Fallen goes. But yeah. That's... I'm going to say with extreme good reason for why we would want to know more about yeah. about him. That's true. That's very, very true. But yeah. That was this week's community question. Next week I'm going to ask something ab- about the Cabal hierarchy. I think I'm actually going to ask what uh, what type of hierarchy would you like to see in Destiny, because we've got like Cabal and their Romanesque style hierarchy versus like different types of military hierarchy or Egyptian hierarchy or mythology. Just seeing if they would integrate integrate that. I, don't know, I gotta I run it run it by Blue a little bit mm-hmm. before I put anything out there. But keep your eyes peeled. I try to uh, if you don't see it, like you you're not on Twitter when I post it. Uh, I always put hashtag AskFFC if you'd like to try to find any of the latest ones or older ones, even if you want to comment on those. Be sure to just check that hashtag out. 
Okay, Blue, you can we, we can go on to Lost Lore. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, I apologize for skipping over that. Um, ba, 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 ba. Okay, so Lost Lore. What I was going to do, actually, uh, Green had mentioned that we probably should look at... Sorry, I dropped my notes on that. Uh, Green had mentioned that we probably wanted to talk really briefly about Barons in general within Destiny 1, uh, which actually kind of brought me to a little bit of a side tangent also that I wanted to talk about as far as like the actual etymology of the word Baron, uh, mm-hmm. because there's, there's some really cool little tie-ins there. <clears throat> so real quick, Barons are high ranking members of the fallen who have been basically given command over one or more skiffs or even catches. In some cases, they serve directly below the rulers of the different houses, which is the Archon, the Kel and the prime servitor. And due to this honored position are rewarded with some of the largest shares of ether by the Kel. This allows them to maintain their physically impressive appearance as the increased ether grants them a physique much larger than the average dreg. These fallen are often found guarding important treasures or objectives or leading an assault of some significance. They are a callback to the stories of the fallen as a proud people before they fell into the life of piracy and butchery we see them in game. However, in Destiny 2, these figures are actually no longer visibly present, something hinted at in a report uh, to Commanders of Allah by Deputy Commander Sloan, in which the Hundred-Year War with Elixni, the Elixni War, is noted as, quote, finally being over, end quote. However, the Fallen, with the exception of the Scorn, which much is unknown concerning at this point, still require either to survive. This is a substance that is created by servitors from scavenged matter and energy, and was normally doled out by the Kells via their own personal cipher. The higher the rank of an individual within the, in the house, the larger their share of ether, which allows the fallen to grow in size. So this is uh, a lot of information that we got within Destiny 1, and then also, uh, if you remember in the introduction to the Prison of Elders, if you were playing Destiny at that point, there was an item called the Elder Cipher. And that was a very instrumental piece in explaining the process and politics of the uh, granting of Aether. Now, I kind of want to jump in because this is a really interesting segue into the actual historical, I guess you would call it etymology, of the term Baron. Um in in reality, a baron is noted as being a member of the lowest order of the British nobility. These individuals are usually referred to as a lord. Uh, they are also known, or they are also known as a person who holds land or held lands or property from the sovereign or a powerful overlord. So you see this within the Kingdom of England, the medieval Latin word baro or baroness was used originally to denote a quote tenant in chief. Uh, end quote, of the early Norman kings who held his lands by the feudal tenure of barony. Uh, and and they were they were basically entitled to attend the great council uh, by which the third which in the 13th century had developed into the Parliament of England. This term was actually introduced by William I to distinguish those men who had pledged their loyalty to him. Prior to this, the king's companions were known as earls or thanes, but these men who now held their feudal barony, quote, in chief of the king, were bound to perform annual military service and were obligated to attend his council. Uh, and so that's that's kind of my my end of my notes there. But I wanted to <clears throat> present this as a way of seeing when we talk about the barons inside of a fallen society or fallen society, it is actually very similar to 
the barons within the kingdom of England. That was the historical kingdom of England. Uh, please note that barons as a as a position of uh, nobility does not exist anymore because the feudal system of land ownership is no longer supported i guess um the ironically uh, enough we still have landlords we do still have landlords but they are not barons which is no uh you will see every now and then a reference to what's called a robber baron it was a very popular figure in literature uh most notably you know um robin hood uh it was like the robber barons a robber baron so the the thing for robber barons is to remember that a baron is not the landowner. They do not own the land. They are literally, they're, they're, I mean, they basically are landlords. They are holding the plot of land, the barony. They are holding that in lieu of the king or the overlord who actually does own that land. They are basically the. They are basically uh, individuals who have, yeah, kind of. They, they're basically tax collectors. Uh, they're they're individuals who have been who have pledged loyalty to a to a lord, and are literally just that lord's proxy for that area. Um, so they are kind of landlords to be to be kind of honest there. But um, robber baron. So one of the duties of the barons was obviously to collect taxes and collect tithes, uh, because in feudal systems that's how things worked. Uh, a robber baron would be the. Okay, got that recording back on. So we are recording back. I apologize for the slight hiccup for the for those who are listening. We had a slight oh, issue oh, with the oh, the oh. audio file. What's up? Ready? Ready? <laughs> I'm going to totally keep that in there just just because. Um, if Baxter li- listens to this, that'll be amazing. <laughs> um, so I believe we were talking real quick about robber barons. Uh, robber barons really are just basically barons who, instead of taking ten percent, take twenty percent or fifteen percent. They just they literally take more than what they're supposed to, and then they keep the mm-hmm. excess. Uh, it's just like the the old the old um, uh, kind of biblical version of a tax collector who is being selfish you know like the tax collector in roman empires did the same thing they were required to take an extra they were required to take an x amount and if they collected above that that uh that i mean that was just that was for them as long as they didn't get lynched they didn't really care um so that's where the concept that's where the term robber baron is actually coming from that's what that means so you'll see you see that a lot in literature again very predominantly in stories such as like Robin Hood and and those the uh, stealing from the rich to to give to the poor and all that stuff. Uh, the robber baron is usually portrayed as the uh, the villain of the figure or the story. Uh, little let me John, see. Oh, yeah, really. little John, who was not little. Um, so, but anyways, so if you look at the way that barons are structured as being basically thanes or earls. Uh, which, if you are familiar with those terms, is an even older term. Uh, basically, they are the knights of the individual who are basically they they basically have sworn to come to the call of the Lord. Uh, they, as far as barons, they were actually required to. Uh, that was part of their oaths that they took to that Lord to get the the titles. Uh, thanes in in nor or I believe that was Norse. I want to say off the top of my head, if I might, I might be wrong on there. But thanes were often given. Uh, I know with the Vikings, there were the concept of rings. 
ring bearers were very common. Uh, and that was because, again, uh, it was a sign of you have sworn allegiance to an, individ- uh, to an individual warlord or king, and that was his reward. So you were actually given a, a bigger share of the loot, a bigger share of, you know, your livelihood, if you would. So there is a very direct correlation between the barons of the fallen and the barons of history. Uh, they are actually given, and they report directly to the individual king or the individual lord, uh, which you see in their reporting directly to the Kel, uh, who was the political powerhouse and the the individual who was responsible to dole out the the literal lifeblood of their their species in the form of ether through the cipher. So, yes, that all being said, that was just my little segment on kind of a, a cool little tie into actual kind of a history lesson there for everyone. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> as far as like the fallen and how they function, the barons, yes, they kind of took, basically did a lot of the paper. I call, I'm going to call it paperwork as far as like making sure things ran smoothly. They also were kind of the, um, what is it called? The people who went between houses and talked to each other. They were the diplomats. The yeah. Thank yeah. You. And Thank that, you. and that was, that's also very common in, in medieval times too, because you know, either the King was too busy or legitimately the King was worried that they would try to assassinate him. Like, you know, there, there were chance there were, there were issues of, of times where someone would be sent and it's like, don't kill the messenger. You know, that's no, there. There is go for it. We only have one instance of that happening, but we have such little information about how the barons actually worked. I think the... I think it's fair to assume that that was a common thing. I mean, the the other... Well, the reason why I say that is because of the specific call. Barons are given control over skiffs and catches, and even catches, which are the larger shifts. Um so like they they are they are specific and barons in game are presented as larger uh captains they're basically mm-hmm. the captain they're the captain archetype but they're yellow bar and they're usually only experienced in like heroic missions or something very specific like a strike or you know something very very important um right. they uh and so for me i would i would not be I, I think it's a safe assumption. It is quote it is or to be granted it is an assumption, but I think it's a safe assumption to view the barons as, you know, kind of being that intermediary messenger between the kells of houses. Like I don't right. see a baron I don't see a baron being like, I'm gonna go talk to this captain. No, that's the, the well, that would be a captain. Like, you know, you'd send you'd send it? someone. The mission where we walked in on the two king barons talking to was it a devil skullus skullus it was uh, wolves it was or was it a wolves, wolves. Yeah. Okay. yeah because skullus skullus was trying to convince the kings uh through i think it was paskin and i can't ever remember the other one uh but he was Eskin trying to convince vecus yes uh he was trying to convince them that he was the kell of kells and the kings were like mm-hmm. ah yeah we don't really want to listen to you so they had actually kind of it it seemed that they had snubbed the baron who was being sent by they refused to meet with him they sent two they sent barons and they were right. like yeah we're not going to talk to you we're going to say we'll, we'll listen but we're going to listen through proxy because you're not right. even worth you're not even worth our appearance which also to be fair to kind of also kind of pull it back into the the scorn 
that gives that gives actually a lot of weight to the scene within what was it fallen six where we see aldrin actually brought into the presence of the kings mm-hmm. or what is what is assumed to be the kings the the leaders of that that gives credence that, that kind of puts more weight on that whole scene because another another kel had sent a baron to to basically parley with them and they had shunned him but an a disgraced awoken was dragged in front of the people who were like who thought Skolas was beneath them like yep. it does it does put a little bit more weight to that scene as well well that and as a good segue between d1 and d2 we actually know somebody who used to deal with the specific or not used to deal but had a run in with one of the barons initially a baroness nonetheless baroness which actually that, was my last my last little point was they were not yeah. all male they, yes they were an equal equal opportunity promotion yes. and he actually had a run in with this baroness and fought side by side with her baroness of house exile right mhm correct Kate actually kept a hold of the the banner that yep. she dropped for as long as I I can like that was one of the items that we could find right yeah it was one of the items yes. in uh, Kate's odds and ends yeah but you can randomly get a hold of yes. that from uh, his chest per week. he also uh, oh no he gave back the pistol that's right yes he did yeah he did so yeah, yeah. no um. But yeah, I had I had also written a little bit of a, a little blurb on the actual Barons of the Scorn. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, last warning here, guys. Spoilers. Um, so that being said, I just I had kind of put together a, a summary of what we've kind of been able to pick up from different kind of outlets and all that, and it starts off like, excuse me. <clears throat> starts off and we're, I say these are outcasts of the from the house of exile these figures were dregs the lowest of even the low yet they did more than survive the harsh universe into which they were cast adrift they thrived cut off from their brethren they found strength in the ruthlessness of each other a strength that brought low the homeland of the awoken pulling the once wondrous reef into a chaotic and lawless frontier scorned from all things these figures took that title and made it their own becoming barons in their own right and their numbers grew to the dismay of not only the Awoken, but even their former allies in the fallen ranks and houses. They ruled over the reef with disdain towards any not loyal to them, pushing back those who had exiled and scorned them and removing from power any who stood against their own goals. Until the Guardians came. Under the leadership of Cade Six, an elite fire team assisted the Awoken in cleaning up the reef after the Red War's conclusion. Battling the Scorn, they managed to kill off most of the barons, capturing seven of the original eight and imprisoning them within the infamous Prison of Elders. The missing figure of the fanatic, presumed dead, was dismissed as no longer being a threat. After all, even if he had survived the final showdown, what was, wor- what was the worst that the heretical warrior priest would be able to manage without his followers? And then the prison was broken. The prisoners were set loose, and the seven imprisoned barons vanished into the chaos. The cost of such an underestimation of the enemy was steep. Not only were the prisoners loosed once more upon the reef, but the guardian's hunter vanguard mentor was ripped away. And the veil had lifted slightly for a brief moment, showing something deeply unsettling. An alliance between the Prince of Crows and these scorned barons. So with that being said, I'm going to let Beard talk about the Mindbender. Go! No. Hooray! 
Do we want to jump right into no, mind? No, no, we're not. We're not going to no. do that. That's a terrible idea. That is an awful. There's the whole episode. Yeah. Um, I I kind of think the the first thing. So really really quick uh there was a i believe it was game oh now of course game, we're informer. Gonna, game informer thank you um i was like i wanted to say game spot but that's uh, anyways yeah. game informer article uh they've been doing a full month of forsaken releases which have been amazing they've been very good they're also very heavily very heavily spoilers like even more so than this information um but they had a really really cool breakdown of the eight barons uh, and then Bungie also, I believe, e- two or three days ago, tweeted days. out. Was it two days? They mm-hmm. tweeted out little gifts and little like blurb intros to the Barons as well, which I thought was really cool. Um, so I figured we could just run through those uh, kind of like a, a summary blurb of each one of the Barons real quick. If you guys think that's the best way to go about this. I think so, and then we can touch base on the ones that like really interest us. Yeah. But at least yes. just to give them like equal opportunities, <clears throat> and so that seems to be the whole gist of the show here. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to start with. Sorry. Before we get going on that, though, too, Hopefully. there was actually somebody that had made a. Uh, it was a. Uh, I, I had tweeted it out on Twitter the other day. But somebody had uh, made a Super Smash Brothers uh, yes, like intro for that. all the barons. It nice. was great. It's so good. Uh, but if you haven't seen that, I did post that on mine, and maybe Blue can get it in the show notes. But it's it's entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I think a good segue. I know Green and I were kind of chatting about this a little bit. Is mm-hmm. What is the difference between Destiny 1 Barons and these Barons? And so, Green, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that one or if you wanted me to kind of go into it. Well, you kind of touched on it a little bit as far as the overview is in that these Barons are... They were the outcast of even their own their own banner, their own house. Yeah. And so they had to evolve in various ways to not only survive but also gain strength in and of itself and they do it in very different ways like all of these barons are very very different in their approach to what they view as strength and i think that is it's like it's like a D group gone bad is kind of what it is it's an evil campaign have, it's, an, it it's totally an evil campaign because you have like your leader and then you have like the the wizardy character and the the trickster rogue and and then you have the for some reason you have a tank following you on a motorbike i mean <laughs> oh no no tanks are the easiest to corrupt like believe me those that's that's easy i'm just trying to figure out which one of them is going to be the oh you know what the mindbender is going to be the bard yeah totally mm-hmm. or the trickster She's the con artist. That's a She's fair a point. That's a con artist. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, they all have kind of their own flavor on, and they also grasp power in different ways, which I think is really interesting. They're not all, they're not all um, like the hive have their rituals and have their um, tithing and sword logic and the fallen normally have their ether. Well, these guys, yes, they all grow because of the ether stolen. Yeah. But they also gain power and grasp power in very, very 
different ways, which I think different. is the coolest. Yeah. You want to start with the leader of the group that is not Aldrin? Because Aldrin is ultimately <clears throat> the number one in all of this. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the Aldrin is recognized as, you know, quote unquote, the leader. The Well, and I think that's largely also because he is the one who kind of orchestrated their entire re-release uh, from yep. the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, but second to Aldrin is the fanatic who has his own really kind of unique. I mean, well, and that I guess that's a common thread as well is kind of going off what Green is saying. All of these figures have a very unique spin and kind of perversion of even the dark aspect of Fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fanatic is <clears throat> is kind of a a his name is Fickrel, uh, which is kind of like fickle. Uh, he, he's also known as well. He's he's also known as the fanatic. Obviously, he's also known as Fickrel, masters of master of souls or Fickrel shadow priest. Uh, he is the leader of the barons and is basically he is the, he's kind of the first and the most powerful of this like weird evolution of Elixni that is known as the Scorn. Uh, he views the Scorn as an evolution of the Fallen and basically a final evolution of what they were always meant to be, eternal. So he's kind of a necromancer in his in his own way. Um, the history that we have from Game Informer. So they said that once they call it, they blah, 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 blah. they say once a prominent archon priest of a long lost house, the fanatic preached heresy to the machine worshipping Elixni and paid a heavy price, docking banishment and starved from the fallen's life giving ether. After falling in with the barons to become their warrior priest, he continued his anti-great machine evangelization and instilled in his brothers and sisters a belief that the old elixir must finally die as the whirlwind should have allowed in order for them to rise better and stronger and eternal. Um, the one thing that... Oh, nope, never mind. That's that's when we get to the hangman. I had a, There was an extra tidbit that I don't know if people caught with their tweet about that one. Um mm. I mean, yeah, that, I, I think that the fallen must die to grow stronger. N- no, the well, or, this is the hangman. Uh, oh, the the, hangman's w- the, yeah. the uh, there's a there's a little nugget about the servitors that got confirmed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like he and the quote that the game informer kind of ascribed to him is death is your shield, but it is the scorn sword. Uh, and so this is kind of tying into the presentation of the scorn as like this this. Uh, you know, this festering thing, which is a very common, it's becoming a common thing in destiny Two. Uh, it's they're undead almost. They, they are kind of like, which kind of was what I was saying is like, which begs the question, do the scorn, the actual scorn, not the fallen who follow the scorn, but do the scorn actually require ether? Because they're, they're I mean, they're not they have ether fed to them. Well, by... the barons do. The barons right. do, and oh, they're, like they're the mercenaries, ones? but the mercenaries that kind of help them from the spiders, they have been called out as falling, as as uh, kind of buying the hangman's black market ether. But my question is the the, the, the proper, the scorn, this mm-hmm. corrupted evolution, the, the actual scorn. It's and almost, and it's, that's a legit question. I, I, I don't and, have an answer for it. So here's a spin foil for it. The the fanatic 
carries a shard of the traveler, traveler, a piece of the shard of the traveler, or at least that's what it appears that he's carrying. And he's got that electric power and everything. Yeah. It's the, the status mentions that. Yeah. Yeah. Could they have figured out that a way to (laughs) semi infuse some of the scorn and with that, because the pictures in the different, um, it's not act. It, it is Activision. The promo pictures, the scorn are bluey, glowy traveler light like creatures ha- that have pestules all over their body. So could they have somehow figured out a way to manipulate their own ev- evolution with the, some dark traveler energy? So the scorn are the elixnes equivalent of awoken. Well, and that's actually a pretty good point in a way because it does say that the the traveler it's a shard of the traveler, but we also don't know if that's like a corrupted shard or if that's well. A, it is. Uh, it it does. Uh, hang on. Let me let me pull it up real quick. It says status is wanted. Fragmented reports reveal a nomadic, unaffiliated Archon priest imbued with a power akin to that found in and around the European Dead Zone. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we do we do know it is akin to the shard that gave us back our power, right? Whether which has been, which was also called or out, or whatever, or correct, it can be yeah, used for bad. Not necessarily that it is bad, but it can be used for quote unquote evil deeds. Well, and I mean, I guess I, I I guess my argument there is like even even original risen didn't necessarily weren't the necessarily the you know the paladins that everyone thinks right. they were. So the, even even pure some way. right, it's just power. It's not. It's it's up to the wielder to decide how to use it. Right. Um. But I do know that there is the scannable in the EDZ where they mention you know there's a there's a odd confluence of dark and light within the shards that mm-hmm. yep. wasn't within the traveler so but you said you said that about about the uh the blue the blue fire and all that i'm like man this is like someone jerry rigged this is the this is the duct tape poor man version of the awoken yeah which is really sad. Oh no, it it actually kind of makes me I no, actually I'm not really sorry because they're trying to eat me from what I've seen. But but it's like it's kind of makes you feel bad a little bit because I don't know, I just I also kind of think I'm like, you know, how many of these I don't know, it, I'm just curious exactly how their entire um structure is going to be present like how 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 much we get to learn from them. But again, it's, it kind of goes back to my question of like, I don't know, because if these are truly resurrected, if these are truly like um, zombie-esque type fallen, my question stands. It's like, does that mean that they don't need ether anymore? Are they are they truly free? Are they beyond that? Well, because I mean, that's what he's saying. He views his scorn as an evolution in the final manifestation. And he's well, anti-great machine. It could be a literal or a figurative. Oh, that's, I mean, if, right, right, that's considering, true. But considering that it is the Awoken that we're going to, if it does tie into kind of the Awoken story as well, if they figured out how Awoken were made or created, and they start well, implementing that's true, it with they, the itself. Because that's the Tangled Shore and everything. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
I mean, that is definitely a really interesting idea. But we should get back to the barons themselves instead of right. And that's actually that's Um, actually a good that's a good segue into the machinist is talking about jury rigging things. Mm -hmm. So do you want to you want to talk a little bit about the machinist screen? So the machinist has a little quote above her, and it says, "We're all thieves. Some of us are just better at it." And her name, her real name is Elychris, and her known alias aliases are the machinist. Scourge of Solus Descent, Elycris the Bandit, and she is a fallen. Now they they notify it as Baron, so technically not Baroness. I don't know why they're not calling him Baroness, but they're calling her a Baron. Well, or... they didn't call the others Baroness either. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, they they are Paskin and well, Paskin and Vecus are just listed as uh, Barons. However. One of them is a she, so There's... the fallen simply don't give the the male or female version of as the title. Yeah, it is I kind of take. I think we. I think we gave them the titles. Well, no, yes. no. They had the card that talks about Cade fighting the Baroness. It is mentioned as a Baroness. It's not a Baron. right, but that's it was yes, from Cade's Cade perspective. Right. Yeah. It's not the I... title itself. It's right. The... Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean okay. to be fair, to, to kind of go down that rabbit hole just a little bit. To be fair, even the title Baron could be argued that it's our translation. Yeah. Right. So I uh, mean, sorry, yeah, not no, not okay. to not to spin people's head a little bit there, but that's that's like there's a there was a throwaway line from D one that even commented on the the House of Wool or the I think it was the House of Wolves. Because it was mm-hmm. like, what? How do you even know that? How do you even know what wolves are? And they're like, well, no, that's just like the translation of like that's it's basically like one. that's the equivalent in English to that. Yep. I gotta say, it's the same thing with the books of sorrow. Right. Not right. Correct. Yep. Because Eris Eris is translating oh. those. Yeah. Yep. But going on with the machinist, her she is second in command to the fanatic, and his mo- most ardent follower. She's an expert in munitions, weapon crafting, and in and in charge of the siege on the redact. She's an insatiable thief and hoarder with a terrifying arsenal. Her history. The bandit started life with nothing. Since then, she's hoarded just about everything she's ever taken, other than what she's shared with her fellow barons, of course. Second in command to the fanatic, she's a scourge of Sice, Jovian, and Sice Martian space raiding ships and encampments, and making off with any operational weaponry. Her status. She's currently wanted. Ordnance Master of the Scorn Barons. Elycris is a scourge to any ship that crosses beyond terrestrial space. Outstanding bounties remain for her role leading the Barons in the Siege of Iran and the heist that took place in the aftermath of Solus' descent. So she's, a, she's kind of a... She's, she needs to be on hoarders. <laughs> because her place probably really smells bad and mm-hmm. <laughs> by her place i mean the fact that she stores everything on her back is she because is she the one with the turtle shell she's the one with the turtle shell ish looking <laughs> thing but yeah she is kind of a mountain she's almost as big as the fanatic if not bigger if you count her shell like apparatus she's kind of a hunchback in the way that she appears well if you're carrying everything you own i mean have you not seen the i think it was penny arcade making fun of uh elder scrolls 
for carrying all the stuff oh, that you that God. you kidnap the 80 or pounds or whatever yeah, the you can 80. pick <laughs> well because with mods you can turn that off mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah that's all that now uh, that's all i can picture it's her yeah. with a giant canvas bag god no she's she's got quite the collection going on yeah. i i would be afraid to see what she's got hidden in different places if she's carrying that much stuff on her no. She's she's definitely a weapon. She's the I guess you can say the epitome of a fallen cuz they're constantly trying to reuse and modify things that they've stolen from other people. Oh yeah. So she's definitely got that pirate-esque type thing. Hey Beard, guess who's next? I saw. Yeah. I want you to quote him though. Want me to quote him? Do you have the thing? <laughs> the the unintelligible hum. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, just imagine that you're talking to Justin and you're frustrated <laughs> and that kind of that, that frustrated groan. No. It's just like, <laughs> yep, that one. There he goes. He's he, mm. like, man, he's got it on command now. And gravelly even, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm good at this. <laughs> I'm good at this. <laughs> Justin has given me plenty. plenty Justin has given me plenty of training to be a total jerk. No, wait, that's just me normally. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, so let's talk about anyway, Hyrax. Hyrax. Yes, the Mindbender. Uh, actually, I guess we have the the couple things that we can go by with them that you've been reading from. Uh, a runty drake known as Hyrax fell into the moon's hellmouth, and his time in the hive's domain changed him. Hyrax emerged with the power to unravel minds and a new lifelong obsession, his own throne world. Wait, repeat, repeat that last bit real quick, because I want people to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. What was yeah, that no, last thing really... that he showed up for, or he showed up I with? Don't, I don't really want to say it again, because it's spooky as heck. Uh... <laughs> Hyrax emerged with the power to unravel minds and a new lifelong obsession, his own throne world. I just... (laughs) There's so much to... Oh, gosh, there's so much to unpack with this guy. So much. Like, it's not even, like, small details or anything. It's big stuff. And the implications that are kind of, like, hiding behind him uh, are insane. The the absolute fact that we have another, uh, which in, in some regards is okay, because I, I kind of understand the idea of like another species being able to have their own throne world or utilize it. But the fact that he's able to do it without a worm is kind of impressive. Uh, the fact that it's definitely not like his own thing uh, or, or that the... The throne worlds in general are not just the things of the uh, of the hive are immense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that maybe Toland was right in terms of aspects <laughs> of uh, you know how said uh, said Wait. ideas would work out. Wait, can you say that one again? Toland <laughs> how Toland was right? was right about something. Okay. Actually, a lot of things. Uh, yeah, I know that's the, the well, and, but I mean the other thing. To be fair, though, it it also confirms a lot of our theories about how the ascendant realm is not not just a, a hive thing. Oh yeah, like, 
I mean, so, I mean, that's the other big, like, I mean, we've had, we've had these, like, whispers, whispers kind of within the behind the scenes of the lore, because you have, like, Eris, for instance, who magically can teleport now, which, you know, I mean, that also seems to be something to do with the the Ascendant Realm. Uh, We have, yeah, yeah, I mean, yes. That's also another point that blew my mind when she did that. But like there's there's that, there's Toland, um, you know, there's there's the the entire Awoken, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of tidbits with the Awoken even that kind of this kind of does open up explanations that make a lot of sense. So I'm I'm just yeah, mind mindbender is just he's He's confirming and infuriating at the same time so much. Well, especially with some of the other stuff that they had listed in the uh, the Game Informer blog, which is even more concerning, confusing, mm-hmm. etc. The Great Crow um, Heist? Yeah. I'm going to say between <laughs> that business. Um, I have my notes here handy on him. I don't have the Game Informer piece unless we do somewhere. And I, I had it. I I think if you jump There's into link. the link at the very top of that list, I have them I all s- transcribed to the FFC wiki. Oh, just did, on the wiki. Did okay. they? Here's a question. They, mm-hmm. While he's pulling that up, did they have Mindbender as one of the tweets that went out? Because I don't. Yes. yes, he did. Yes, that's it actually was, what it I was, read from initially. Yeah, it was uh, buried. He was, which is kind of funny, given that that was the one that was hard to find because that's yeah. the quote that Kate has about him: "Is he's hard yeah. to find?" Oh, uh, you uh, you don't know yeah. about him? That's good. He likes it that way. <laughs> he likes and he's it that also, way. And all of the promotional things, he is the one that is missing. Yeah, from all the promo I'm gonna, shots. I'm gonna say, from almost all of the promotional shots, you don't see him at all. Uh, from the initial trailer that we saw for E3, he is present, uh, but that is about one of the only places that I think we get a really good shot of him outside of anything that like really is supposed to uh, showcase him and what he's all about. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's definitely the toughest one. Excuse me to find and uh, put your finger on as far as far as like what he's all about. Well, Which is but I... about him. I don't know because I think he's in the poster that you get from GameStop. Uh, he might be, but I, I think know he's like the second he... from the second from right. Yeah, there there was a couple promotional items though that he's not listed in. Uh, and I oh, okay. That one for for like, fact, I guess that one. the 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 image that I use for the banner. If you look, yeah, uh, there's like I can't. I he's I think he's either the far right or he's the second from the right. He's the second mm. from the right. because he's got. Yeah, because the the prongs on his head, which right. I know beard beard we've had the, we've had the conversation. He's got yeah. the oryx wings. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway. I'm not going insane. Nope. No. No, you're not. not. Yet, at least we're all going insane because okay. he's uh, he's making us go insane. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's just be honest there for a second. It's all his fault. <laughs> It's it all, all his fault. His fault. Well, and you know that actually kind of is a good kind of pull back into one of his his things for being wanted is that he trapped and brainwashed some crows and then not just use that but then use them to feed misinformation and he actually is called out as being maybe one of the causes of the tension between earth and the reef yeah Mm -hmm. i uh i do have that uh 
that info like, pulled up here. I've, I've had it up for a while, but I'm we, like, we just got talking. What? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but his his big things here. Uh, real name Hyrax, uh, unknown alias the Mind Bender, uh, Hyrax the Brain, Hyrax Ascendant, uh, Fallen Baron, male, uh, a mad genius who has been changed uh, from his research uh, into the Hive and their dark religion, has somehow found a means of exercising control over Hive combatants. As a starving, runty little drag, the Mind Bender fell into the Moon's Hellmouth. He's never spoken an intelligible word since. But his time at the Hive's domain changed him, uh, gave him a lifelong obsession. After years of study, he found a way to carve a throne world of his own after the Ascendant, uh, from the Ascendant Realm. Little is known about the Baron dubbed Mindbender, but he, is, uh, he has gained a reputation for unraveling the minds of his enemies. Latest reports reflect a dangerous obsession with the Hive. Mastermind, uh, the Great Crow Heist. Trapped and brainwashed Prince Aldrin's crows, using them to feed misinformation and fuel tensions between Earth and the Reef. Uh, assist, uh, the Gaspra Slaughter. The system-wide manhunt for his capture uh, led a trap at Gaspra. 43 awoken lost. The Haunting of Nemesis. Asteroid 128 Nemesis was a reef outpost until the Mindbender made it the site of his earliest experiments. Now the asteroid shifts between our dimension and the Ascendant Realm. And then Kate's little quote here, just to reiterate, never heard of the Mindbender? Surprise! That's just how he likes it. An entire asteroid that goes between the Ascendant Realm and here? Um, what? Why is that a thing? Like, why can he well, do that? Like, that is slightly Dreadnought-esque. Right, but to to be clear, it is not the same as taking the asteroid. I know, like, no, I've seen, right. I've seen, I've seen. Well, the reason the reason I'm calling that out is I've seen a lot of people actually mention that. Um, it's he's not taking it. He's but he no. but, that doesn't negate what he's doing by any no. means. But it's not. It is not. He's not like doing what Oryx does. No. I guess is what I'm just trying to trying to clarify there. Trying to get out there. Uh, to be clear on another element as well on uh, what the asteroid itself is, 128 Nemesis is a large 188-kilometer main belt asteroid uh, of Carbanius uh, composition. It rotates rather slowly, taking about one and a half Earth days, 39 hours, to complete one revolution. Nemesis is the largest member of the uh, Nemesian asteroid family bearing its name. It was discovered by uh, discovered in 1872, named after Nemesis, the goddess of retribution in Greek mythology. Uh, so those are just a couple of things for you there. It's uh, it's by no means a small chunk of rock. Uh, 188 kilometers is definitely not tiny, but just to give you an idea of uh, what the asteroid or what goes into said asteroid, there you go. Mindbender's going to be a, a weird one. Weird one he could sure. potentially be the strongest of them all. He could potentially be he one of the be weakest the, of them all. Uh, be the just because he's. The whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to say all of a sudden we find out that he's really been the one that's controlling the, 
entire ordeal thing. just because of like what he's doing to well yeah i'm not possibly gonna... like what he might be doing to aldrin or otherwise i was just uh, about to say entirely because given given the potential for his jacking with minds it could yeah. be found out that aldrin's not necessarily the the terrible person everyone's making him out to be he could be just exactly. a victim in all of this right poor aldrin i gotta say suddenly it's found out that aldrin's been like you know, just, just he's being puppet. Into he's, to do yeah. it all. He's he's just Basically. a puppet. Yeah, which would be super ironic considering his role in the Queen's plans. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, but would. I mean, but that's also I think where it would be like, again, this guy is super powerful. You know, yep. it's like Aldrin. Aldrin. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, he I is think, the spy master, yeah. right? I think that it's it's tirel- I don't know. I I see that as very a, pl- a very plausible twist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. You want to talk about uh, twist? Do you want to go to the trickster? Yeah, let's. Sure. You want to talk about the trickster green? Sure. She's a little. Is it is a she? Yeah, it is a she. Yeah. I had mm-hmm. to double check she's, on that. It's like she's, she's the fast talker. She's she's kind of an ornery little gal. Araxes. <laughs> Araxes the wit, the butcher and bamberga, slayer of the psychic hordes. No, Terminus of the Grey Legion. <laughs> Race, she's a fallen baron female. A silver tongue manipulator and con artist with high opinions of herself. The trickster has a penchant for deadly sleight of hand and prefers to work behind the scenes when it comes to the baron's operations. She does all she can to stay out of sight, but is known for duping others into doing her dirty work. History. When the barons must negotiate or trade, which is almost never, they send the trickster. She is their bard, their spokesman, their envoy, and their first strike. The world of the trickster is one of constantly moving chessboard, of a constantly moving chessboard to protect the reality that she is in fact a coward with little to no skill in battle. While others hone their abilities to fight, Araxes honed her mind. Want uh, status. She is wanted. There's a reason we know as much as we do about the Baron. Araxes, the Butcher of Bamber- Bamberga, a.k.a. the Slayer of the Psychic Hordes, a.k.a. Terminus of the Grey Legions, though no record of these crimes have ever been reported. She was using cloaking te- tech to keep herself from being seen and leaves deadly surprises where her victims least expect them. Uh, she is noted as part of the Amethyst Heist, Slash massacre to raid the queen's minds. Minds. The trickster orchestrated a clever ploy that pitted twelve teams of bounty hunters against one another. <laughs> twelve, twelve, not just two. Not I'm sorry. Four. I twelve. absolutely love that little tidbit. <laughs> against one uh. another to create a subterfuge while she cleared out the mine for herself. <laughs> This is my favorite part. Please note, all known aliases appear to be monikers that she has given herself. Phony legends to precede her wherever she goes, and as there is no record of these instances having occurred. This is why I said no, she didn't. I think it's hilarious. She is the biggest boaster of them all, but she is <laughs> She's the bard. She, she is. She, she, is. she I, I'm completely convinced now, Green, that you yeah. were right. She's totally the bard. And Cade says, whatever you do, don't trust anything she touches. I promise you, it'll bite. Which, by the way, Cade has had... Do you think Cade has had 
interactions with these barons before? Yes, I do, yes. because it's specifically called out that he was one of the prominent figures that was responsible for them being put in the prison. Uh-huh. Uh, so he actually has dealt and to a degree has actually won in, in combat over these figures. Yep. So which which kind of points uh, to uh, he might have played them off each other. Like, it, I mean, Cade, Cade in and probably. of him. Yeah, Cade is also not a, uh, a stranger not a coward, to being. He, no, he's not a coward. But what I was going to say, he's no stranger to being wily. Like oh, he's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a hunter. <laughs> so, uh, black flag mentioned in chat that, so she's Shakespeare. I would actually akin her more to Chaucer than Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can see that. That's fair. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Now we get to the crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh guttural my drones. gosh. This guy this is one's creepy. Uh, yeah. And I, and they did such a good job with like, cause this is, so this is the hangman, Varexis Vaughn, which I, I, it bugs me that he's the only one with a last name. Um, he's also, also the only alignment. one. Yeah. I was just going to say, he's also the only one with a, with a like specifically called out alignment. Um, but so this is, this is the hangman. And the reason why it's kind of like, this is, he's just an interesting individual. Uh, right. so it's, he is Rexus Vaughn, known aliases the Hangman, Rexus the Scathe, and the God Slayer, which we'll get into just here in a second. He is a male fallen baron. He, and his alignment is Enemy of the Light. He is a, so they describe him as a silent sadist known for his penchant for docking and tearing ether generators from the cores of servitors with his bare hands. His obsession with torturing servitors is unprecedented in the history of the Elixni. And the history for him is stated as no one knows why the hangman was abandoned at birth. Some say his parentage looked in his eyes and knew what he would become. Others say their cruel deed sealed his fate. The hangman doesn't just kill his victims. He hurts them. He has a specific hatred for servitors, the fallen machines created in the traveler's image, who enforce the fallen hierarchies by deciding who eats and who doesn't. Uh, his physical rejection of Elixney tradition is ultimately what drew him into the fanatic's inner circle, but whether it's for belief or sadistic opportunity has yet to be determined. His status is wanted. Reports paint this baron as a depraved executioner. Locally known as the Hangman, he stalks fallen servitors and siphons their ether to keep his fellow barons overfed and frenzied. He is the keeper of the Aurora Caves, which is a known outpost where reef outlaws and other fallen denizens of the system gain sustenance and power through his ether collection for a bloody price. And he is also known for the eradication of the wolf servitors, which led to the extinction of the last of the fallen house of wolves. And Cade notes that he likes it too much. He's chaotic evil. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yes. Like, yes. Like he is of the, the evil D and D group. He is the yeah. evilest of the evil. He is the evilest of the evil. He's probably. I mean, you could argue as far as D and D alignments that he is the only evil character in some ways. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. Sort of. I think the fanatic would be a close second. Fanatic but, is lawful. Right. Well, but right. But he's still a black. I, I still I still view the fanatic as like a black guard. Mm. Um, OK, but uh, mostly because necromancy. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, so the thing the thing for me that was really big here is that we now we we specifically have confirmation, and this was confirmed by Bungie in their tweet about Rexus. Machines mm-hmm. were built in the Traveler's image. Yep, which ties back into the fanatics' uh, um, hatred of the whole thing, because mm-hmm. if these machines were built in the Traveler's image, they are also the source of what is, you know, in their minds, killing the fallen or or, or prolonging the inevitable, you know, by yeah. preventing their destruction. Um, so, and if he's anti-great machine, that would explain why he also is anti-servitors. I mean, to be honest, after the Redux mission spark, I'm also kind of anti-servitor. <laughs> I, I love that. I am not a fan of Russian. It was, so, Rush- much fun. <laughs> it was not so much fun. I'm not a fan of surprise Russian dolls. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, you can ask Julie. I curse more during that mission during even one AU. I, was, I just remember I was like, I think I was talking to Beard. I was like, what the? Like I was, what? It was great. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was seeing seeing people's responses to that on Twitter, where it was was the highlight of my day. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> just all the different gifts. <laughs> but um, sorry, I just, I, I just that just crossed my mind. Like now, nah, I, I kind of sympathize with him after that particular <laughs> mission. But like, I think the cool thing, or the the the, the intriguing thing, I guess, I would be better saying about Rexus is that this is, I mean, like what you're saying, Green. This is this is a character who is legitimately evil. Like, every villain, really, up until this point that we have come up against, has, to some degree or other, been somewhat sympathetic. Like, there, there's a degree of, like, logic to what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. even even Oryx, even Crota. Um, you know, I, I can't think of a single villain that we've faced in Destiny that has that just have been a reason like yeah that didn't have like a justifiable reason of like what they're doing which is the terrifying thing about sadism like his re and not to say that he doesn't have reason but his reason is literally the enjoyment of causing pain which which to it's just like i i'm i'm intrigued by how they're going to present him in the game because that's Most, that honestly, honestly, that se- that's it seems like an easy thing, but that's a really hard thing to play. Like that's a really hard thing to present fully. Because, Most of the barons, to be honest, also fit into that realm of just they seem like they're doing it because more than uh, most of the others have. But I think right, that is right, part but, of I mean, the part of but, what we don't know about them yet. I. Right, mm-hmm. no, and I, I mean, but again, like all the all the other seven, like even even uh, Canix, which we're going to talk about here in a second, yep. like Canix himself even has kind of a a, a a very odd strand of logic to mm-hmm. to his insanity. They all kind of have different degrees of um, not necessarily insanity, but of psychosis of a way. But like Rex, I mean, Rexus is just he's the one that just I'm I'm. I really am curious what his missions, like the missions certain circled around him, are going to be right. like. Because of all of them, I see him as being the creepy ones. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. his are going to be the ones that are going to... If they don't make you uncomfortable, I'm going to be kind of, dis- kind of disappointed, which is a weird thing for me to say. 
because this is like, oh man, I'm just, I'm excited to see how they pull off the presentation of Rexus. More so than even the Mindbender. The Mindbender, I just want to know more about, but Rexus, I, I think, is the opportunity, because he's the one also with the, um, oh, I just blanked, the, uh, it's not a glaive. It's, it's no, it's not a glaive. It's it's like a ball and chain, but it's the yeah. lighted one. A flail? Is that what? Yeah, it's kind of like a flail. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look this up because it's gonna, gonna look this up. Okay, it's yeah, in the I'm little like, mini trailer me. that Bungie put out. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's his like so you know, uh, mechanic. There is that. That's apparently the weak point. Uh, it's not yeah. his head, uh, which is an interesting. Wait, what is not his head? His head is. Uh... Not the weak point, actually. It's the mace is. Oh, really? It's called, I guess it's called the flame cauldron is what it's called. But Mm. it's a chain. It's basically, it's a chain. I'm so mad that I'm not able to remember what this actually is based off of. But it's basically a chained weapon. But that's actually the weak point for the Ravagers, uh, which Mm. are the, um, I think, the troops that are seen with the hangman and rexus's weapon of choice is a just like massive uh flame lantern it's a lantern it's a swinging lantern um it's not literally a lantern but that's what it i mean it does it looks like a lantern that is right but there is an actual term for it and it's bugging me that i can't remember it but but um that's actually if when you're up against them they they made a comment. They're like, no, the heads are actually not for ravagers. That's not the weak point. That the uh, the the cauldron is the weak point. So you have to shoot, and they're swinging it. Like you know, they're 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 actually swinging it. So like that's the actual challenge with the ravagers is they start charging you, swinging this thing, and you have to hit this thing out of their hands in order because basically then it explodes and everything. But um, okay. yeah, it was it was a really actually kind of interesting little comment. I can't remember if it was Scott or uh, one of the devs that had made the comment, but um, it was really really kind of interesting to hear that. But like that, just his his entire presentation is just that that executioner esque figure. You know, he's got the black hood. He's got you know the whole the whole medieval executioner look. Obviously, yep. I, I'm just I'm so intrigued to see how how they're gonna how they're gonna do him censor thank you thank you oh like a free censor yes man okay so that is mad no that's not mad bomber mad bombers next no mad bombers next yes mad bomber the aka the junk rat of the crew (laughs) i'm so glad like i I was i'm like all i could see when they started talking about him i'm like this is Junkrat. I think they even made him hunched. Yep. Like Junkrat. Okay, who wants to read this one? Beard, do you want this one? I can read off on this and give me one, one second here just to grab it. Um, known aliases, the Mad Bomber, Canix Two Fingers, uh, Canix the Detonator, uh, Fallen, uh, Fallen Male Baron. Um... A bombastic thrill-seeker for whom self-preservation is an afterthought. The lunatic known as the Mad Bomber is willing to blow an entire uh, location to smithereens just to kill his target. History. No one knows where the Mad Bomber came from or how he got here because uh, even he no longer remembers or knows. 
Uh, the Mad Bomber now lives simply day-to-day -day and bomb-to-bomb, -bomb, constantly chasing the adrenaline high of a fiery explosion. A few too many near misses and concussive blasts warped whatever was left in his already adult mind. Status. Wanted. All reports on barren activity show a high number of localized and massive explosions, believed to be the work of one of the, uh, the one they call the Mad Bomber. Be aware of your surroundings at all times and prepare for dis, uh, disarmament protocols. Uh, and some of the accolades for him uh, are kind of also interesting. Um, Cedar of the Accretion Mines. Thousands of haphazardly strewn mines across the reef that take awoken lives daily. Destroyer of the Origin Libraries. All together mm. now. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> like, yeah. Targeted the last three known vestiges of the reef awoken in an effort to assassinate any remaining royalty. Cade's take. Look, we all like blowing stuff up, but there's a line. <laughs> a line this guy crossed a long time ago. Sorry. Oh. Um, okay, That's... real quick, real quick uh, clarification on the, the thing that was bugging me. Uh, yeah. Rexus Vaughn, it's called a thurible. So a thurible is is a sensor, but it is specifically a sensor that is suspended from chains in which incense is burned. Uh, so if you look uh, at the flame cauldron, actually Destin Destinypedia has a really good picture of the flame cauldron. If you look at that and then go look up what a thurible is... It's T H U R I B L E. It's uh, it's that's that's what that is. That's what it's been bugging me. It is a sensor, but it's a very specific type of sensor, which is spelled C E N S E R, not O R, mm -hmm. which is a completely right. different type of a sensor. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> completely different. So, sorry, that was just really, really bugging me. Okay, so here's some my beef with the Mad Bomber versus um, the Hoarder, because I cannot think of her actual name. What does the Hoarder do that's different than the Mad Bomber? Because I imagine somebody who's, I mean, we don't know yet for sure, but he obviously blows a bunch of stuff up. And how does she actually, is she releasing different things at us? Is she... Well she also manages a lot of different like engineering technology. Mm -hmm. She isn't just about bombs where he is all about bombs. Now the machinist could still utilize bombs because as an engineer would be for like mining equipment or something mm -hmm. like that. Sometimes you just have to prepare to blast. So uh, here's all that I'm hearing is that we're going to have to dis dismantle the mines. Uh, Varix gonna... very well better say that we have to dismantle mines. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I'm going to be very disappointed if he's not there to actually tell me that. The other the other thing, too, is Elychris is not absolutely insane. Yeah. 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 And I she also she, she also uh, steals ships. Yeah. So, I mean, there, I there's... Say she, she, yeah, she's... Yeah, sorry, Beard. She's, <laughs> she's, an she's an ordnance master, like, all she's around. She's a pack rat. Yeah, but she's I mean, a she's... A, what I mean, she's a pack rat. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's uh kind of fair that's, i mean it's I'm, it's uh, it's i it's not wrong I, like it's not wrong i have a hard time arguing this idea that, uh, <laughs> I, I want to i really i really want to argue this idea but i can't, I can't. <laughs> uh, 
You're welcome. <laughs> That's what Chad. You like Chris likes a bunch of things. Boom boom junk rat man really likes bombs. <laughs> <laughs> boom boom junk rat man. Uh-huh. I'll take it. That's that's acceptable. The other thing that really bugs me about so ignore it like other than the whole like the origin library, which I'm sorry, he destroyed three libraries to try to assassinate just like a few people. This guy, mm-hmm. like, and I kind of called this out in in my my little notes here is like he is absolutely insane, and he is completely and utterly not aware of collateral damage he does not also, care he does not care at all. like whoa like he's really overcompensating he would have the biggest pickup truck out of anybody <laughs> in town well that is certainly one way to put it i i, a, I don't you technically know what I'm talking, uh, yeah you know no what i'm I do, talking about but i'm like Look, i don't do, are we really going to get it? Are we, gonna, are we going to get into a tangent about Elixney biology right now? Like, no, what? no, no, no. <laughs> like literal pickup truck. What are you guys thinking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the I'm, Midwest. And look, the, I'm along with you on this one. They have like the lift kits on their pickup trucks. I'm, I'm along with you on this one, Green. I live in Hicksville, Pennsylvania. Like, I completely understand this concept. Blue's got a dirty is... mind. Shame yeah, I, I think he does. I think he's the worst of us tonight. Freaking good grief. Which feels weird, but I'll, I'll take it. But the other thing I was going to say is the, the, the accretion mines is actually yeah. really what bugs me with, with him. Is because like the origin libraries, yeah, and you know, all joking aside, the origin libraries, that's a really it, it's 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 both sad and it also shows his complete disregard for collateral damage. But what shows it completely even more is this guy has just ha- and it's specifically stated, he's haphazardly strewn mines. I mean, this is so this is like um like third world country where there are minefields where you know kids are getting you know killed like that that's what this is like these are these are mines that he has just thrown willy-nilly he probably doesn't even know where they are and it's just i mean that beyond anything is what pegs me really kind of like and i think that's where kate's quote about it is kind of coming at it's like these these are these are things that are killing people that for no reason like there's there's a, there's there's a point at which okay we blow stuff up and you know there's a reason we you know like green or like beard was saying you know like as a as a siege tactic you know you you would bomb something like mm-hmm. there's there's a purpose for that like there's a point to that there's a even if there's collateral damage there's there's a there's at least some type of logic reason. to it but to to think of like thousands of just minds just floating out i mean it's just that to me is one of the things that's like like that to me solidifies that this guy is absolutely loco also could you give like a 30 second explanation of what the origin libraries are just in case they don't know like if somebody's listening to this that there is a reason that we cry there is a big reason that we cry there's a big reason that i still cry myself to sleep Mm -hmm. every night the long story short is that the origin libraries are what the Teshiuns and the Awoken effectively have culminated as their like entire collective of knowledge. Think about like the world's grave, for instance, with the hive. It's kind of similar to that, but it is basically what they found out. Uh, it is also mostly 
tied back towards like a lot of even our our golden age knowledge as well. It would have been an excellent resource for us to uh, to go back through golden age stuff and start to like really pick through it. Because uh, unfortunately, I would say that failsafe would be great for that, but she really isn't because she's already crazy as it is. Uh, but that's one of the biggest issues with uh, with the origin libraries going poof. Uh, is simply the fact that with them with them being gone, uh, we just lost great resource in terms of like how we could fight uh, certain uh, elements. Uh, Aldrin actually calls up uh, a thought to this in his uh, in the aftermath card, uh, where he focuses and talks about it a little bit and says, "Well, the origin libraries, the Teshiun should have known like what was going to happen." Uh, with the with the battle uh, with Oryx, uh, simply because of the uh, amount of uh, data that they had that was stowed in that uh, in the libraries, it was it was vast, it was big. Uh, also, so it's mm-hmm. the origin libraries are exactly what they kind of sound like. They had the secret yeah. of the origin of the hive, or not the hive, the origin the of the Awoken. Of the Awoken in them, yep. They, Which, they, they are the equivalent of the Library of Alexandria. To kind of, I mean, so, and we kind of talked about this in the Cryptarch episode, too, mm-hmm. is like, the same, and, and and it's it's kind of uh, it's it's very sad because it's it's a library. It's literally a place of just information collection. It's not a war. It's not a it's not a you know like a stronghold. They I mean look look at the historical events of the Library of Alexandria. It was a place that was by far and large for every even warring countries would not go near it. It was a wonder of the world. It was you know, all this different stuff. And they just, they, they made a point out of respect for what it was to not go near it. And it got destroyed in the raising of Alexandria, uh, by, by ships being caught on fire. And it was, I mean, it was, it was a tragic event, like beyond words because of the information that was, we, we don't even know what was lost to put it in perspective. There was, there was information stored in the Alexandria libraries that we will never ever get back um and so the origin libraries as kind of an equivalent to that like i mean yeah the aftermath is actually where he kind of like goes on a bit of a rant he's pretty pissed at the tetrons to be honest because they they were trying to do all this the harbingers and all this stuff um make a backup well his their systems well, and his thing was they should have known, like, the fact that they didn't know was, like, he's, like, what was that? Uh, he said what that ship fired was ancient, not bound to anything the origin libraries even sought to describe. So, like, this was something, like, his was his his anger was, like, you guys didn't even know what you were throwing stuff at. Like, you, you shouldn't have been there, basically. Right. But the but as far as like what the origin libraries are, it also I mean it, it is the it is like I said the libraries of Alexandria. It is a place of knowledge. It's a place of learning. It's a place of peace. And so for him to destroy those in order, to, not only did he destroy them, he destroyed them in the hopes of killing off the, some remnants of awoken royalty. So again, it kind of goes back to the whole. I don't even know if he knew that people were there. Like he just maybe thought something was there. And so he burns them. Yeah. Um, Cause it says like in an effort to assassinate any remaining royalty, which is like the most vague statement ever. 
on that part. So, and these these were the last three origin libraries. Origin libraries. The previous, uh, uh, the the previous kind of origin libraries or the libraries in general for the Awoken were destroyed in the Reforce by also by Fallen, which is where you get the anger of Petra, the wrath of the queen. Um, that's where her anger comes from because Petra had been raised by the Tetuans and when they raised, I think it was Ceres, I believe, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, You're right. They slaughtered her sisters. They killed them in cold blood, basically. And that's where her anger really ignited, which then led to the whole situation that caused the tension between the city and the reef, because that's when she made the call to bomb the fallen, who Aldrin was flying. I mean, there's like this huge interconnected web here. But Aldrin was flying the fighter wing that bombed it, that killed the three fire teams, that then got Petra demoted and kicked into the emissary position which is where we were introduced to petra so there's this whole thing of like the origin libraries is actually a very big big topic behind the scenes with regards to the roof or sorry to the reef do we want to talk about the rifleman yes do you want to talk about rifleman or do you want to talk about writer like who uh, wants to i can talk about the rifleman Okay. I'll, I'm going to say I'll gladly talk about the writer. So I'll yeah, the, writer, the writer has some interesting stuff too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Rifle Rifleman is the real name is Pier Ha. Pier, I love. I, by the way, I absolutely thank you, Bungie. Yeah, thank you, Bungie and Game Informer for actually giving us pronunciation guides. Like that is, I just please keep doing that. That mm-hmm. makes it so much easier. So Pier Ha. Uh, known aliases is the Rifleman, Pira the Phantom, or Pira the Blind. We'll get into that in just a second. He is a male fallen baron, uh, and he is described as an all-seen sniper who watches his brother baron's back. The Rifleman keeps his targets at a distance, plays real dirty, and never misses his shot. Brilliant, cold, and patient, more than one of the Rifleman's notches is a guardian's ghost. Again, we'll get to that too. Uh, history is is stated as being since the Barons first ganged up, no one has ever managed to get the drop on them. That's because the Rifleman's keen and well-tuned cybernetic eye always watches their backs. When not haunting the shadows, he is said to hold down the hills of whatever territory he claims as his own, aided by a surveillance network no one could penetrate. Cross that threshold and you're as good as dead. No matter where you hid, his bullet would find you, guardian or not. Uh, status is wanted, uh, and the reason being is a sharpshooting assassin for hire and original member of the Barons. Legend of his amassed riches have lured many a bounty hunter to challenge the Rifleman, only to find a bullet between their eyes. With the Rifleman, death can come at any second and from any direction. His big no, or the things that he is known for is the shootout at Palace Falls, uh, confirmed death of awoken paladins. Telosir, Loris Pole, and Hollis Esso. So he has killed multiple paladins as well. Uh, he is also known as the Ghost of the Hellrise Cannon, uh, and he has held domain over the remnants of Ceres by luring interlopers into his field of fire through the use of salvage holotech, which, God, if we can only get holograms, I will be so happy. Um, I think we're going to have it used against us. Oh, well, yeah, no, yeah, but all, I, all I'm thinking of is uh, Halo 3... Uh, functionality mm-hmm. within pvp those things were so much fun 
Uh, and Cade says, trust me, kids, keep your eyes open, head down, and your ghost close. Which is such such a bittersweet te- or bittersweet quote for me for this one, um, because I'm I'm pretty firmly in the camp that in the trailer that we've seen of Cade being killed, that his ghost is taken out by the rifleman. Mm-hmm. Like I I not, I'm not we're not certain on that. It's just an assumption. But like the there well, are multiple the comments. Right, right, in the trailer, and which I'm under my understanding is is that that is not necessarily how it happens. Like I don't, I think I've heard I've heard a couple, I've heard different things, so I don't really know. But in the trailer, if that's what happens, it, it seems like the rifleman is the one that has that takes out go, the ghost. That pulls the Cade. trigger. Uh, pulls one of the triggers, but yes, rifleman also has the most westerny styled. Uh, background like everything else yeah everybody him else and, really him and the like writer West, pure yeah. pure yeah. and yavix actually I, well mostly yavix is mostly um she i mean it, it mostly because she's a writer she's like yeah i just i, I still view we'll her as writing a harley just because that oh, no 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 it's a modern whole... it's a modern twist but i mean these these figures if you look up like hateful eight and uh the mm-hmm. the um god i just blanked Magnificent Seven, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is based off you know is. the Seven Samurai. Um, mm-hmm. They're all this is this is very similar to the Hateful Eight. Like this is yep. very similar. Actually, I think I Beard. I think that was one of the things you and I were talking about at Guardian Con. Yep. Was the the similarities between this and the Hateful Eight? Yeah, definitely. I I don't know how much of it was. Uh derived for Bungie or how much of it they ended up utilizing. And granted it's a it's an oversimplified tale, if you will, for like how a trope uh, almost. It it kind of is turning into one, I guess. Uh you've got the Magnificent Seven and so on and, and the how they uh, Yep, how they've been kinda of like playing with most of those for a while. Um but this is definitely something that I think is going to be utilized a little, uh, a little harder than uh, usual. The these these tropes that they've been running with. Well, uh, and they've especially also with them. Yeah, sorry, go mm-hmm. for it. Especially with them, like showcasing like the whole ideas, at least of like the the vengeance story and everything like that. Like they, these are not things that they're trying to shy away from. That's for darn sure. Well, and they've also kind of doubled down on the whole. This is a western. Like yep. they like they have the spider who's the you know the the bounty hunter leader type figure the saloon. I mean even even within some of the game informer stuff that they were showing, there's a, there's an actual saloon that you go into mm-hmm. and you have a fight. Yeah, like it's it's got some it's got some really over the top connections to the western stuff. But uh, while we're on that topic, you want to jump to Yavix or? Yeah, let's uh, do we it. Sure can. So, Yavix is called the Rider. Uh, I will actually read the uh, the Twitter post here real quick first. Uh, pay attention to the numbers because that's one of the biggest problems that I know we're having right now with this, uh, or at least one of us is. Uh, <laughs> Four hundred eighty six awoken dead, eighty three fallen encampments uh, encampments infected at Dead River Run, with a cavalry of toxic pikes. The Rider and her gang usher in a storm of dust and chaos. Few survive. 
and the Game Informer bits that they had showcased. Uh, the writer's real name, as we've said a couple times, is Yavix, uh, known alias the writer, Yavix the Hoss, and Yavix the Untamed. Uh, race, fallen baron, female. Uh, anarchist biker and leader of her own gang of pike riders, the rider raises fields and pollutes the air everywhere she and her gang run. She's a master mechanic who's taken the fallen heavy pike and made it better. Much, much better. <laughs> History. The rider's uh, fiercely loyal gang is gathered from the remnants of old houses, outlaws, and lone wolf nomads. She gave them a pike and a purpose, and in exchange, every member is prepared to ride or die for their fearless leader. For years, the rider's gang has been a bane in the asteroid belt, seeking a uh, to replace any resemblance of the hierarchical ranks that failed the fallen long ago with unrelenting chaos. She breathes nihilism and breeds anarchy. Status. Wanted. Every Baron moves, uh, move begins and ends with the Baron dubbed the Rider. With a cavalry of toxic pikes, the Rider and her gang usher in a storm of dusting chaos. Few survive. And if you do, she and her crew always return to the scene of the crime to finish the job. Uh, and a couple markers here, which one we already talked about again, numbers. Dead River Run, eight awoken outposts destroyed, 489 awoken dead. 83 allied fall allied allied fallen encampments infected uh forced the awoken into the mayhem incident with the barons and then That's the last one three is three different than the last one from the tweet just fyi if you're keeping yeah 486 to 489 basically so the the numbers in question right now uh and then the last one is raised uh of the ziggurats six teshiun temples destroyed no survivors Cade's thoughts are, I'd pay good money to watch a race between Marcus and this one. The Techians being killed off. Not all of them, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, just to point that out, it's not all of them. But as far as the ones that were in that region, possibly, because we do mm -hmm. know there's a few left over from some of the new spoil spoilery things coming, up, coming out. Yeah. Uh, the images and stuff like that, if you guys have been kind of catching some of the newer drops that have been happening. Yeah. Uh, I, as far as that goes, I've had more debates about those images that I feel are like legitimate lore debates compared to some mm -hmm. of the other things we've been talking about lately. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I... Do you think they're going to have some sort of a smoke component to this writers, like the Pikes, talking about the toxic fumes, essentially? I think so. I know that the excuse me, the couple things they showed off, they've uh, they've had these bits with the uh, with like fire that uh, pops out from the the back of her Pike as well. So I'm thinking that that's going to be just as much a problem that we're going to have to face mm -hmm. uh but yeah a lot of a lot of different things we have to worry about basically if you remember from d1 those heavy pikes were the yep. ones that if you dodge from side to side they would throw out those grenades right those were so much fun to drive you th i hope we get to drive them again they're already in game you i can, know uh, but in a in a couple of the uh osiris missions you can play with them but as far as like 
modified ones? I'm going to say whatever they modify is going to be the the straight oh, question no. that I want answered. If you look at the pictures for the writer, it doesn't look mm-hmm. like she's writing it so much as she's part of it, almost. Yeah, I know. Which makes me think a little bit of Fred Flintstone, almost, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's that is the eight. Uh, Blue had to step away for a slight second. I'm sure he'll be back soon. But uh, do you have any other ideas of or like things you want to talk about from some of the recent releases about the Barons? Um, well, I'm going to say if we're just talking like the little bits that we know of here, uh, there were a, a couple extra things that I had seen that were uh, included in the tweets recently as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to pull them up then once I, I get a moment, because I forgot to write those down pre- uh, before we really got going here tonight. Uh, Blue's got but a there, Yeah, I gotta say, there's there's a couple of them, though, that got kind of interesting. Did you notice uh, that the sniper's weapon looks almost like a modified crossbow? Yeah, the um, the rifleman's... the the Yeah, the rifleman's rifle definitely does look like a uh, modified... Uh, a... Uh, Highly modified, some kind of uh, crossbow in a way, Bolt. which is pretty cool. Yeah, because you don't see that kind of tech in a little while. Uh, almost makes me wonder if Queenbreaker's bow is going to make a, a return or oh, not. That would be nice. Yeah, I, that's. Uh, I enjoyed that gun. Yeah, let me poke at the. I think it was Elacris that had something weird about his uh, his nice. Let's see. Yeah, this one. Um, it actually talks about a dead orbit vessel, and it says uh, next in line is the machinist. She's an expert in munitions and an insatiable thief. Uh, there are outstanding bounties for her role in the appearance of an uh, disappearance of an entire uh, dead orbit necro class vessel and every one of its guardian escorts. So she obviously still has some kind of, uh, I don't know if she actually does get off, uh, off worlds, but it does at least show that she has some measure of, uh, usability as well in ship flying, uh, which I know that was, that was one thing that the Game Informer article kind of talks about a little bit too. Mm -hmm. So she's a, she's a mechanic in all shapes and regards, which I think is pretty neat that they've, uh kind of showcased a little bit heavier. But that one I thought was interesting because we don't really know much about like the the dead orbit fleet. And mm-hmm. that's like the first time that we actually hear like a a craft type or of uh of the awoken or the of the awoken of the city uh not dead, dead orbit in particular. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. Are we I know we're going after them for vengeance. At least we have been led to believe that we're going to go after these barons for vengeance sake once the release happens. Yeah. And and Cade is disposed of, which is a really crass way, I guess, of putting that. Um, But do you... Do you think that it is we're going to be chasing down these barons purely because of Cade, and we're trying to get to Aldrin through the barons, or do you think there's something else that happens that leads us to go after the barons? Is it actually a hunt for just uh, Aldrin 
that we just have to carve our way through the rest of his minions, essentially? Or do we have something else going on? I think it's a bit of both, in a way. Uh, Just the way that uh, I think that they're ramping things up, per se. It does seem like there's a couple layers, of course, going on here. They... They say that it's a vengeance story, but there's definitely a lot more than just vengeance going on here. Um, I am I'm more akin to think that it's going to be a mix of, uh, you know, go out and avenge Cade, but also go out and try to help the uh, try to help the Awoken get things back in order because it's been a long time since we've actually dealt with or worked with them. So. AKA, we get to see Petra again. Yeah, I'm going to say I think Petra is going to be a a large member for that. Because even with the the stuff that we've kind of been seeing with uh, the Dreaming City and whatnot as well, uh, it seems that she is uh, highly connected to some of the uh, other bits and pieces that are kind of going on. Like, she's also uh, out for vengeance in a way. Uh, and I think that that's also, again, highly related towards Aldrin, uh, because at that point he may have uh, fully uh, not only, you know, shot and killed Cade, but he's also probably the one that's uh, largely at fault for the Awoken being in the predicament that they probably are in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically just... Out, uh, not outcast his people. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, basically betrayed his people uh, on a on a whole different kind of level. Which, so. if the fallen or if the fallen, if uh, the awoken hold true to their kind of intrigue based politics, yeah. Do you think Aldrin is truly trying to take this? Essentially, trying to take over. Like, I don't know if he's trying to take over the throne, because it doesn't seem like he's working that direction. Yeah, no, I don't think he's working that way. It does seem like there's another reason for some things to to happen the way that they are. Uh, What they are is a very big question that I don't know how to answer yet. Uh, And that's the, I think, the biggest thing that uh, really kind of kind of throws up the question right now. I don't know how else to really say it. Yeah. Blue, what do you think? I think revenge is an init- a, a good catalyst. I don't think it's going to be the meat of the story. Um, it's simply because just revenge in general, uh, the, the, the anger that goes into a revenge generally doesn't last long. Uh, it's a it's a it's a fierce fire, but it's a fire that burns very quickly. Um, and so I hope that it's not the meat of the story, because that means that it'll be a really short story. Um, because basically, if it's just a re- if it's simply just a revenge story, uh, there's there's there doesn't it, why why are we even having the Dreaming City? Why are we going to see the spider? Why do we have all these different things that we we because. see? Well, no, and I and, and I mean dragons. <sighs> so, as a story analysis, um, 
<laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, and I don't know how to say that gently, but it doesn't. I mean, it. I I really hope that the writing is stronger than that because I kind of come to expect stronger writing than that from from this team, and I, I really would be surprised if that was really it. Um, I like again. I I think that revenge. I've been I've been kind of hoping for something like this in the game to happen because we need something for like this. We need something of this weight to kind of kick it back into reality. We we kind of saw that with the entire um, initial introduction of D two, where we are all kind of got our light ripped away. You know, there was something of actual impact that happened. Um, mm-hmm. This is again why I'm kind of in in very firmly in the camp of I really hope they don't retract and you know go back on the whole no Cade's gone Cade should be gone like I I I don't get me wrong I absolutely adore Cade I love Cade's figure in the game but you will cheapen this entire plot if at the end of it Cade comes back Yep here's something else I want to mention um a lot of the people are in chat are pointing out that we don't get to go to the Dreaming City until after the campaign. Yes. What we're saying is not necessarily that Cade's, the revenge story about, um, as far as the campaign, if that is the entirety of the campaign, it will be a very, very small, just like in Curse of Osiris and Wormite. It's a very small story in the overarching story that we want to see them tell because the dreaming city, is going to be its own story as far as how important it important it is to the universe at this point, because we've never been there. We've never even been to a real reef area besides the outpost, which was still the trading center. We had no idea that it even existed prior to this. Like right. there was nothing that gave us uh, even small hints or elements it's also not something that seems to be uh utilized as like a uh a function if you will of the uh like a, a typical function that we're able to scour or or look for given our our technology as it is uh upcoming video that i have actually i i kind of state that like it's not a small uh, place by any regards or means. It is definitely a larger uh, spot out in space. And for that to be the case and for us to not see it means that it's being hidden in some way. And the reef kind of seems like the means for it being that uh, hidden catalyst almost. Well, and to kind of jump in there, it wouldn't be the first time that illusion's been used. No. By the Awoken. I'm going to say, or. I mean, or, or geez, even look at the raid. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even in that respect, like the uh, the nine have also shown that they might be able to to hide some semblance of that. It could be. Something oh yeah, that's of the true because the spire and all that. Yeah, it, it could be something of the mind more than it is something of the uh, of the physical realm. Which you know, at that point, is the argument in some respects of the. Uh, of ascendant realms, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're not something of the, uh, the of physical. the physical. They are something of the mind more than they are much else. So yeah, and I guess, and I mean, and there's and and that, so like that that is all very true. But I I guess I'm gonna really kind of double down on the fact that 
if this is simply a revenge story, I'm I'm going to need a really strong writing to explain why our guardian who has done nothing but selfless acts yet is all of a sudden hellbent on a selfish event such as this. There the, the old adage and pens actually put this in chat, you know, when you seek revenge, dig two graves. Like right. it, it, it doesn't, and it's in, and it's in complete contrast to the character descriptions and the character presentation that we've had of our character this entire series. Right, but we're also growing as a character too. We had this question at Guardian Con, like if you had a what was it? If you had a shadow version of your character or a dark guardian, what kind of power would you want your dark guardian to have? Um, if Bungie is moving in a direction where our guardian is evolving in such a way, a revenge story fits that template of a good way to start corruption. Correct. But I but I will double repeat. That's fine. But then it needs to be very strongly written. Like it needs to be. Oh yeah. If you're if you're gonna talk, I mean, because this is this is me coming from an RPG background and like, you know, like D and D. I mean, corruption is entirely possible. Alignment changes happen all the time, but they are not just like, oh, one person died. I don't care how important they were. It does not just. It's not just like the sudden switch that gets flipped. There is a long and a long process in which a character will will fall to you know the dark side, whatever you want to say that, like. It, and and it's not saying that it's not going to happen. I I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is like, okay, if we're going to do that, if we're going to go down this road, you're going to need to present a reason why all of a sudden we are not hero figures. We're mercenaries for hire within this realm of universes, and why that should be okay for us as player characters. Because that's not the story that Destiny has portrayed. Has not. That's not the themes that they have that they have been doubling down on very recently. That doesn't portray into the line of hope. That doesn't portray into the line of the concept of light and being protectors and guardians. Which again, I'm gonna again. If that's not gonna be where we go, that's fine. But it needs to be explained very well. Right. Oh, yeah. And any of the stories need to be explained very well. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But as far as. I mean, something this drastic, I just I just have a really strong feeling that you're going to have to you're going to have to convince convince me a little bit more than just, okay, die, boo hoo. Like. I I don't mean to sound harsh on that, but it it, I mean. To me, that. Considering that we've already heard hints that they have talked about, uh, you know, the Vanguard is going to be deeply hurt by this as well, which I would expect and understand. Oh, yeah, uh, I would expect that. that. I, I mean, they're, they're and a friend. bunch of other things yeah. are also going to be changed and switched. There are plenty of other indicators that also need to be seen in order to, like, really say one way or another how that's going to go. Additionally, I would say look back at Osiris because his prophecies have some indications and some hints that that is the way that they are intending on going. Mm-hmm. Somebody mentioned to me like they could see Ikora just going off the deep end. I'm going to say I think Ikora being the iconoclastic one, I could see that happening. Zavala 
being connected as well. Right. And I and I don't have a problem with that. But what I'm saying is our Guardian to date has been a blank slate. I mean, really, honestly, our Guardian has done nothing but selfless acts of protection for the city and done what they've been told. So to suddenly have the strength of character and the ang- this anger for revenge and all this other stuff, that's fine. Again, fine. But that shows a maturity of a character that, quite frankly, to be 100% blunt, our character has not had. I mean, I, I'll, I will be the, a bit critical on that point. Like, our character has not had independent thought. We have 100% been told to do everything that we've been doing throughout the entirety of the Destiny campaign. But even then, to that point, we're assuming that the Vengeance campaign is because of us. Yeah, we're the ones that go into the uh, for the Tangled Shore and whatnot and are, you know, going after the Barons and, and so on. But overall, our character is probably still feeling a deep connection to Cade for the sake that it also ties back towards the Vanguard. So it isn't just necessarily towards us as a whole. It is also oh, right. and that's, and that's fair. the Vanguard and it's working, looking at a bunch of other stuff besides. So yeah. I would still argue that this isn't just just because of, uh, you know, or just... And if that's, if that's the case, again, for, like, if that's the case, again, I'm completely okay. I just, I mean, for me, there needs to be more than just one, I mean, and again, no sure. offense, but one little catalyst. I like, think... I think right now it's just we have expectations set up with what they've given us, and I don't think we're going to get exactly what they've shown us so far because they've. Oh shown yeah, us- I hope not. I hope not because I want to be surprised a bit. Regardless of how the campaign goes, the camp the the thing about Destiny is the campaign is not the whole story. People keep forgetting that campaign is a part of the story, but it's not the whole story. So mm-hmm. if you are somebody who gets frustrated very easily at the DLCs because you think they're too short, you keep forgetting that there that is only one one facet of the entire story of Destiny. It is a very small sliver of what is there to dig like think about Warmind. We had the missions in Warmind and then we had all the stuff about um, all the scannables that came up as far as like with Aldrin, which leads to this. And then you had all the different nodes and Rasputin things and the adventures that gave us all the extra stuff, the fry files. And it's only a small part. So being critical of the campaign that we don't know exactly what it, the campaign entails. We just know kind of what kicks it off. So you got to be you got to be we- le- like leery or optimistic, however you want to put it. Uh, cautious is like the way I like to mm-hmm. do it. Which again is why I'm saying I see the revenge as being a catalyst, but I don't see that as being the end all be all story. Right. Oh, no. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying is like, I agree 100% with you on that green. I, I mean, that's the whole thing is like, I understand. I, I get what chat's saying about oh the dreaming city is not going to be unlocked until the revenge is done great that's cool still doesn't negate the fact that (laughs) the revenge can just be the catalyst actually it kind of doubles down on that if the campaign is initially only an introduction to the bigger picture of the dreaming city great 
We also know that the campaign is not going to be a linear campaign as far as mechanics go. We can choose how we go after the barons and all that. They've they've made that statement as well. So it, it's going to be, for me, I just, again, I see revenge as merely a catalyst. The big picture, the meat of the story that's going to be presented in this next big step seems to be not actually centered around the barons. The barons are the, the introduction, if you will, the first chapter. But the meat of the story is what's about what's in the Dreaming City, what's corrupted the Dreaming City. I mean, the trailer is recently... The game, the mm-hmm. raid. Well, right, the raid. I mean, the the trailers, if you've looked at the trailers, a lot of the trailers for the, the Forsaken, I mean, yeah, there's been mention of barons, but they're all around pre-order bonuses. They're all the initial barons. Like, all the trailers recently have not had anything to do with the barons. They've all been about the Dreaming City. Like, the, the emphasis is not on the barons. The emphasis is not on the loss of Cade. Like, that was just the shock for, you know, E3 or whatever. It, so, I mean, again, I, I just... I really don't see revenge as being the the brunt of the story. No, and I think that's where we're all basically in agreement and how it could also unfold. Because, once again, the story is not necessarily told through our Guardian. It is told through a bunch right, of and, different facets. Right. And I don't, and I don't want it to be. that is where it leads from just simply saying, here is our Guardian and this is the perspective of our Guardian. It is going to still go ahead and blow up into... Uh, a bunch of other elements that need to also uh, be seen from the perspective of the vanguard, from the perspective mm-hmm. of the city. And that's, again, where I think Destiny does very well. Mm-hmm. Because it isn't just looking at us as like a, as a whole. Yeah, we're, we're a catalyst for a lot of things. And I think that our overall emotional feelings and how we handle kind of tie back to a lot. Sure. But the large sensitive nature on how you know the city views us or what we do with the city that is entirely separated from uh from how everything else kind of runs right and and also to kind of just kind of touch back on like the idea of a corruption of our guardian or however you want to say a a a, uh deepening of the character or whatever if we're going yeah. to talk about going into a dark side and they don't introduce shadows of your yeah. in, in as far as like at least introducing them, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to kind of be disappointed because that's like the entire point of the shadows yep. is showing that guardians aren't happy, go lucky, good people, Yep. you know? And so like, I, I'm like, and so that's, that's the other kind of thing that I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of leery just from an, from an analytical point of view. I'm like, I don't, like, uh, you know, I don't know. We shall see. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. and this is, this is all, this is all, I mean, again, yeah, just like. speculation. Yeah, I was about to say, just like like, Green was saying to begin with, this is all based off, like, what, two minutes, three minutes here and there of trailers that we don't mm -hmm. even know are actually legit in the Mm -hmm. game canon. Yep, we shall see, and we only have a few more weeks left, so it is. It, it is rapidly coming upon us. And once they come out, we will be proven completely wrong on certain things and maybe right on some things. And I, I welcome it. I welcome yes. it. I love it when that happens because that's just better fodder for conversation. And it just proves that this, the writers surprised us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, please. 
I know that got a little touchy there, but please don't misunderstand me. If I'm wrong, you will. I will probably be coming at it with just as much energy as I am right now. Like that's the point of that's the point of arguing with friends is we find we find better common grounds with it. So sorry, sorry, Beard. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, you're fine. Uh, I was just gonna say, like the I, I feel like I've been able to pick where it is or what it is that they've been wanting to do with the story for uh, Destiny for a while uh, fairly well. There's been some stuff that I have absolutely 110% called uh, without having a lot of like background information and only seeing a few pieces that they've been like leaving around on the ground. Uh, I don't know what's happening with Forsaken. Like I'm, I'm trying my best to to kind of like see all the different avenues and angles, but there are a lot of different ones that they can take. Like what, uh, you know, Green and I were just kind of going off here and, and talking about a little bit with like the different elements that could be uh, used to better explain the vengeance story or better explain how mm-hmm. it would uh, culminate and exp- uh, expand and so on. Uh, and then there's the opposite with how, uh, with how blue's been talking too, like how, it doesn't make a lot of sense for it to, to handle that way. And I see it from a lot of different angles, but right now I don't know which way they're going to go. Uh, and that is a, a both terrifying and exciting element mm-hmm. of storytelling because you're like, this can go completely nutty uh, or this can go <laughs> really, really well. And it can not necessarily reboot things, but it can refresh things. It can... It can make things feel Wait, a whole exciting. lot different. You mean from, from you could you clear were. stuff up by retroactively clarifying oh, let's, things? No, let's no, Blue, <laughs> stop. Now Blue's the one that said <laughs> retcon this time. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into that whole argument, uh, I did want to make a call out to the new, uh, real quick, the new locations that we did hear about. Uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to run through those, but I'm I'm really hoping we get a little bit more information on some of these because they sound really cool, especially Dead River Run. Yeah. Um, Dead River Run seems to be that in Palace Falls, but both of those seem to be very large battle areas. Yep. Uh, there were 486 or 489. We don't know yet. We're going to have to clarify that um, when the game comes out because Game Informer, Game Informer quotes 489 uh Bungie in their tweet said 486 so i was like oh no yeah <laughs> what happened really. to the three people did they did they what happened um so they apparently caught his, dead. they caught syphilis and died they, later they they, oh, God. they they what is this they, oregon trail they missed mm-hmm. <laughs> you've died of the century oh god um the so like uh and this was also in regards to the rider as well but she destroyed eight awoken outposts and then like i mean she killed 83 encampments which i don't even know how many fallen that would be but so that's yeah. dead river run and then palace falls is apparently a really big battle um you had bamberga you had solus descent iran gaspa uh, 128 nemesis we're going to obviously find out a little bit more about because it is a playable area uh aurora caves i really hope that isn't a playable area because that's where everything kind of goes on as far as the the ether black market, which I'm yep. just blank to be bluntly honest, really interested how that whole thing works. Um, 
and then the remains of Cirrus with the Hellrise Canyon. I'm actually curious how that. I'm I'm, I'm wondering if the Hellrise Canyon is where we actually hunt down the riflemen, um, because that's kind of Fox Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever wonder why we're here? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I love that reference. Anyway, it's like a big cat, <laughs> like a puma. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That works. Um, oh, gosh. But yeah, so I, I'm just curious on some of those new locations. I'm really kind of actually excited. I love I love hearing more about like the world development aspect mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I just I love it. I love the little like even geography, just little tidbits that we get on those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think I think we did a pretty good spoiler episode. <laughs> yeah. I think we covered not just the Barons, but just kind of a lot of the information we've gotten. Yeah. Well, and just like expectations too, I think is a big thing that a lot of people are, are hyping right now. And I I think to it, to it, I, I, there's a valid point to it. I think that getting excited is a good thing, but I think again, reiterating, kind of going back on what green was saying, I couldn't agree more with it. It's like, you know, temper your expectations with the understanding that you, you might be wrong. And don't get upset with it, because actually that's kind of cool. If you are wrong, that means that the writers surprised you. Like, you know, I mean, silver lining of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. Um, what do you guys have as far as shout outs go? I have a lot of podcasts I'm going to be on coming up. Well, why Uh, don't you why don't you give us a laundry list and then I can try to get them all from you and put them in the show notes. Okay, so on the 21st of this month, which is next next something, I don't remember, next Monday or Tuesday, I'm on with so. Saint 14 Podcast with Bell Bunny. Bell and I are both on it. On the 25th, I am doing Drunk Lore Podcast with, um, how do you say his name? Gosh darn it. Xanafan? Yes, Xanafan. Um, we're going to do drunk lore on the 25th mm-hmm. and then 31st, we have our Cade pre memorandum. I need to reschedule with Grindhead Jim. I think I mentioned that one either in this one or the last podcast that, mm-hmm. um, we're doing a destiny's not dead podcast at some point. And then that is it. As far as like guest podcast stuff slash specialty things coming up next week. I'm just going to steal Blue's Thunder. Next week, we're talking about the Cabal hierarchy again. We have next week Cabal. Week after that, Cade's kind of like shout out memorial. He's not dead at that point, but like celebration of his life. Wake. This is getting really grim. I'll uh, I'll go with Wake. wake. I I like that idea. You know why I like Wakes? Because there's booze. Sometimes. Depends such, on what kind you go such, to. Such an Irish statement. <laughs> I mean, look, that's, that's yeah. Were you all done with yours then, Green? I inside? am. No, you're Okay. Then I uh, don't feel like I'm running over toes. Uh, I have been working on something now for a little while for a certain place that I still cannot uh, really disclose just yet. Uh, thankfully I am working on that very, sh- uh, I'm working on that here the last couple of days. Uh, what has slowed me down has been the fact that Bungie does not allow you to like replay missions within their game. 
So especially like the story missions, I have to replay an entire character. And then, oh, like the specialty like, ones? Yeah, like the, the ones on planet that basically aren't adventures. You know, the mm-hmm. ones that they feel that they don't have the ability that they can't just extend out to... Mm, makes me so mad. So I waste time by, of course, having to go ahead and make a... Uh, to, to, like, make a new character and then play through that. So shout out to Hunters, because I'm now yeah! playing one of you again. Yeah! I'm not playing um, one of you again. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I am a whole of level twenty one or twenty two at this point. Um, Doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel no, good. No, not feel really. Good. It doesn't feel no. good. You no, like it? Do you no. Like it? I the only thing that I will probably like is when I get the ability to play around with the the shatter knives because it's going to feel like shatter nova bomb again. So that mm. might make me want to you know make a little bit of a switch, but uh, you know it's, as it's 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 stands. You should you yeah. should do it more often. How about how about no? Um <laughs> how about just just no. That being said, uh look for that project soon. Uh that is all that I'm gonna say on that angle because I don't really want to give too much of it and I, I can't actually give too much of it away. Uh so just look for that project soon. Um as ambiguous as that is. The other big shout out that I have, though, uh, is really just over to everybody on Twitter, uh, at least those that I've been able to, like, talk with and kind of, like, get a feel for and so on. Uh, it's been a very interesting last week with, like, a lot of very big up and ups and downs. Uh, I just say something real quick, like... I feel so freaking tired, and I also feel guilty because I, you know, want to enjoy doing the work that I'm doing, but feel that I should be doing something else, this, that, the other thing. And everybody has just been very supportive, and I appreciate you guys so much for that. So I go back towards, like, shout out for the community as often as I do, but community is seriously the reason that uh, I... uh, that I basically am here to begin with. Uh, I could have gone ahead and created a content channel for any other game that's out there, and I could have tried to make it, you know, larger, etc. if I wanted to, but I didn't. Uh, I wanted to do it for Destiny, because I looked at what the community was about and knew that members of it were very accepting, uh, very understanding of each other, uh, and pretty well almost always have been. You know, you're, there's uh, I, as a large whole, I have never been uh, disgusted with talking with anyone from this community, and I cannot say that of other gaming communities that I've been a part of. Uh, as much as that it's a big one right now, World of Warcraft, I would never make a channel based on that game because I know how toxic that community is. Not quite frankly, was is. So I'm just going to say that now. I I love this community for what it is because you all make it what you want to see of it. Uh, and that has been a a very big change, especially over the last couple of months here, too. Uh, it's been a very big upswing and a very big change. So thank you guys for doing what you do, because even if I'm having a real bad day or something like that, if I go back and just start chatting a little bit. Uh, you guys always find a way to, to kind of pick me up. So thanks very much. Awesome. And yep. Green totally took my shout out. Well, <laughs> yeah. I forgive her because she's awesome. 
and we will totally, uh, we will, I'm trying to right now I'm working with the guys that are guys and gals that we've given the bypass authority over on the discord server. We're working mm-hmm. on some stuff with them. As soon as I get that wrapped up, I am going to be kind of putting some more energy into building out the lore network for everyone as well. So beard, we will definitely be sharing as always, everything that you guys, that you and Wally and all of you guys put out, uh, like we have been, uh, we hopefully are going to have some more articles about, I know Voltron has been a big topic of debate currently because of season seven coming out. Um, oh my God, it's so good. I've, I've heard very good things about it and it's a full 13 episodes too. So if you yeah. guys haven't, if you haven't gotten a chance, definitely check it out. Um, I'm going to say now, go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, it's a, it's apparently a really good season. I, I'm, I'm sadly, uh, I'm, I'm far behind on, on seasons, but my wife like has been the, watching it here and there. So I've heard very good the, things. Most of the other seasons have had, like, their little bits and pieces where they've, like, dabbled in, like, darker tones and everything. Oh, no, they take out all the stops with this one. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it's, it's the second amazing. to last. It's the second to last yep. one, I think, is the yep. big the big thing. So, it's, it's I mean, it's, there they are. They're pulling, they're not pulling punches. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so yeah, we will hopefully... You know, as time allows, I'm going to, we're hopefully going to see that those aspects build out, um... But yeah, and if you have any interest in helping out with any of that, please let us know. Uh, we're always we're always looking to involve more people in doing whatever you guys wanted to to do. So it's definitely we're creating it for you guys. We're trying to help it be geared towards what you guys want. So you know, definitely definitely let us know. Um, but yeah, that being said, we'll run through our outro and we'll probably stay for a little bit of an after show and see you guys later with that we'll begin to wrap the chat up thank you again to those over on twitch for coming to spend your evening with us if you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on itunes as well Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.